I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A warm, warm welcome. This is Stu Palmer from Stu's Wrestling Podcast. And this episode was recorded in 2020. It was in relation to me clearing a thousand followers on the SWP Facebook page. And it was with wrestling veteran, the metal maniac, Jeff Miller. This was back in 2020. It was a career retrospective episode. It was a special episode just for YouTube only. But I put together some clips from the show. We're going to do it as two parts. This being episode 156 of the show. So without further ado, my guest way back when into the bolt of SWP, it's the metal maniac Jeff Miller with some fantastic stories about his friendship with Jimmy Snooker, his career training in Hawaii, going out to the Far East and wrestling with Jimmy in Jordan, and oh man, some great stories, some quite scary stories actually that, and also when he met Bill Apter, one of the greatest wrestling journalists of all time at the London Publishing Offices, so I don't want to give too much away, so here we go, this is episode 156 with the metal maniac, Jeff Miller, enjoy. From Hawaii this evening, it is the metal maniac, Jeff Miller. How are you? That's right. The heavy metal maniac coming to you live from the pinnacle professional wrestling with that guy right there, Stu. And we've changed the name of his show to Worldwide Stu. He is heard from, he is heard obviously in the UK and all over England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. He goes all the way to Switzerland, Taipei, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia. New York City, and all the way to the beaches of Honolulu. All the magazines, all the way from 1990 to 2005, Bill After had me plugged in. Your friend and mine, Bill After. What's going on, Brother Stu? Jeff, that's quite possibly the greatest intro I've ever had. Brother... All I know is nobody has to write anything for me. When did your career begin? When did you first start training pro wrestling? I'm going to go right back. I was in the music business. I played the bass. I was doing commercials. I was making a very good living. I had a, not a a screen actor's guild, but I had a music, a musician's guild card. And I still keep that up. And I was doing commercials, but I wanted to be a rock star, you know. And I was playing music, and we got signed to a record deal at the same time as Bon Jovi and Twisted Sister. Wow. And turns out the lead singer, who had a voice that was a cross between the guy from Journey and the guy from Rush, but more 
songwriting like Journey, but the sound was more like the guy from Rush. And he, but he could, he had, he had this something. He could write melodies. And we got signed to a record deal. We don't know. The, the guy's got a, a, a management contract and they won't let him out. The, uh, uh, George Benson's Weekend in LA record, his live record, which was a huge hit. Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell record. Wow. These were serious projects um, that I was around. I remember being around when I was like 10 just to sweep the floors to see what famous people were there because I wanted to be there and they were letting me if I behaved, did a job and so I so I I saw Cher, uh, oh. Aretha Franklin. Uh, I mean, you name the singers. You name the the, the Letterman band. I mean, the the drummer from Wings. Uh, uh, I forget his name. He played for, with Paul McCartney and Wings for years. I forget his name. I had too many chair shots. I mean, I met Tom. I I, I jammed with Tommy Shaw from Sticks and. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I was around, but I, it, it, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't release him. So we get dropped from the label and I go to Florida on vacation. And who do I end up meeting was a guy that I had tried to call because I was sniffing around wrestling in the New York area. And Larry Sharp had a school and he was asking for astronomical money. And Dr. D. David Schultz was an hour and a half away. He was asking for astronomy, uh, just crazy money. And um, I was just looking and researching, and I heard in the wrestling magazines that, you know, Florida was a big deal. So I went to Florida on vacation to sniff out. But before I did, I, I, I tried to reach out to this guy, his name's Siva Afi. He was one half of the original Islanders. And then he got the Peter Mavia tattoo. They asked him to do something with the Ultimate War. He said, absolutely not. This tattoo means something. No, sir. And so he just said, to hell with you, and left and went to work for Burt Reynolds. Meantime, I'm, I'm in this bar. He's going to this bar. And I tried to reach this guy who was a wrestler in New Jersey, this guy, Siva Afi. And it was so unbelievable. I know who Steve Offy is because I tried to reach out to him. He was like 20 minutes away from me at where my mom's lived. And I was still young. I was still young yet staying at home. And here he comes walking in the door. I tried to reach him six months ago on the phone. Well, he comes walking in the door. I walk right up to him. Hey, brother, man. Ba, ba, ba. Come on in, man. We'll sit down. We'll eat. We'll drink and be married. We'll be good. You know, because I was always a people person and I worked out and I was the same size as him. His biceps were bigger, but and I, I wasn't afraid of him. I was happy to see him. And he was kind of, you know, like he was you know, raised around here and then New Zealand. So and Hawaii. So he's a kind, sweet guy. I. I ended up staying down and down there because he's there and I get an apartment and I got a job at the bar and then I got him a job at the bar because he was working two jobs, the bar and uh, for, for um, Burt Reynolds doing stunts. And then all of a sudden one day 
uh, he says, listen, you, you know, you, you should do this. You've got to do this. You'll, you walk, you talk, you sound. I go, listen, that to me, that sounds like you're describing a bass player, like from Van Halen, you know, you had, you're funny and you should do something with this, man. But then he says to me, oh, a month later, he's teach. Well, there's no ring. He's teaching me on the beach doing arm drags and body slides <laughs> on the beach yeah, here Mark. in Hawaii. And the next thing you know, um, he said to me, oh, uh, I'm going to raise my son in Hawaii. I said, well, what about me? He goes, move. You can move. I'll hook you right in. Let me get down there for two weeks, and I'll hook you right in. So, boom, he, I come down. I got a place to stay, a car to use, food to eat. I got a scoot, a motor scooter. I had like a 200 cc Honda that I was zipping from the beach to the to the gym, to the wrestling gym, back to the beach, to the pool, and sleep at night. And boom, keep doing it over and over. And three times a week, you know, he would take me to Liam Maivia's ring. Wow. And Auntie yep. Leanne was was like my big proponent. She was a big booster of mine. She she told me stories, and we every Friday we would meet at the happy hour from four to seven in Waikiki, and she'd have a couple of belts, and she would tell me, "Hey, listen, don't get married until you're done with the business. It's not good for marriages. It's not good for children. Uh, you should do this. You shouldn't do that." And she just would tell me stuff, and I would sit and listen, looking at them, and he's like, "Well." This guy's definitely from Hawaii. You just look at his tan. He just got off the plane. He's bringing me things only you can buy in Hawaii. And he says to me, brother, sit down. So now I'm sitting with the Superfly. And I don't know. I'm supposed to run out and do an angle to come back the next day to do an angle to come back the following month. I don't know any of this. They've already decided this before I've got there. So I'm just listening and doing what I'm told. But listen, the funniest thing. So the first night, he's with Sal Balomo. Sal's dressed as this like Roman character. And they're going back and forth. Boom, boom, boom. Jimmy goes for the cover. I slide in and I hit. I don't boom, 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 all this shit. I hit Jimmy once, and Jimmy really sold it. And back then, I was in really good shape, so I flexed like superstar would and walked slowly, grabbed him again, lifted up my hand, and whammo, and flexed. And Jimmy just sold. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy comes back, boom, 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 chop, chop, headbutt. I go flying out. So Jimmy goes to the top again to splash Sal. I go to. I go like like I'm going back up towards the ring. Tony Stetson comes, whacks me with a chair. That was my chair. That was my first chair shot. He did not hurt me, but he rang a bell and knocked me on my ass. But he didn't hurt me. He just rang my bell and knocked me on my ass. Tony Stetson. You're saying about Jimmy, and you're saying about obviously the air, getting on the airplane. You were, oh. you were booked. You were booked on all the shows with Jimmy, weren't you? The five, right. the five shows with Jimmy. Right, 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 right. So I, you know, he says the five shows. So I, you know, he 
we, we do all this stuff and he's doing shows, I'm doing shows, but then it comes together where we're on these five shows. And then from then on, it was just full on. Listen, kid, wherever I go, you're going to go. And he was making sure that I was going on these trips. We went to Amman, Jordan. My first trip overseas trip was like, and I didn't, and I didn't know anything because when I said, when Jimmy said, you fooled me. And I said, bro, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. He goes, no, no, no. I would have known two minutes later. Now that I know I can't believe you and I got to help you. And then he got me on those five shows, but it turns out they were later and I was flying around doing my thing. And I went down to the global wrestling federation, which is how, when I went to England, there was kids who had the magazine articles. Now, oh, here, funniest thing. So I was saying two days before, see, still you weren't listening. Two days before I got there to the ECW shows, I leave Hawaii Tuesday. I arrive on a Wednesday, and it's six hours ahead. I'm jet lagged, but I drive out to London Publishing. That's where Bill After worked in Long Island. It's the two-hour ride. A, 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 a horrible two-hour ride. I get there. I bring my gear bag, and I go into the lobby of this building, which today, security, you couldn't do. And I went into the men's bathroom, and I dressed up like this, and I go up on the elevator with my bag, and I walk right into London Publishing in my full gear, hair long and blown out like crazy. And uh, I said, I'm here to see Bill after. Who can I say is calling? Said, my name's the Metal Maniac. And Don Morocco and King Curtis said, I should come here. And I'm here. So he comes out. And he's like, who are you? I said, the Metal Maniac. To Don Morocco said to come here. And uh, King Curtis said to come here and get you to get some, take me some pictures of me because I just got off the plane and I'm at ECW on Friday night. And he goes, come with me. And he starts taking shots and he had a whole thing set up already, you know, because at the publishing place, they always have, you know, lighting set up. You just touch one button, all the lights come on and they could take automatic pictures. Like brr, brr, brr. they were getting at everything. So Bill Apter was one of those funny guys. You know, Bill Apter has a book with everybody with the finger like this, all the famous guys. He's got a book. He's got um, a thing that he would do to all these new, uh, 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 these new people, you know, that came to work for him that were, you know, non-believers of pro wrestling. And he would goof on the guys and he'd push the guy and the guy would shove him and he would fling himself over his he would fling himself over his, his desk and take a bump on the floor. Bill Acker used to do this. And he'd get up with something and he'd say, Scott, but you wouldn't know where I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The lady didn't hear that. She seen me kick him and bang his me. He took my hand and bangs his head against the thing and he's call the police call the police she's calling the police i'm like bill you better get up and tell her not to call the police he's like no 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 it's wrestling it's wrestling you see you see See, this is what i'm saying you see how real it was you were right here in front of you it's not not real it's real okay fine so bill after uh after that he is in philadelphia and who's my roommate for ECW the first and second night? The guy I met two days before, Bill Apter. And once he got to talking to me and knew I was a, a musician, I graduated music school, I did this, I worked with that one, I was around all these famous people, and I couldn't get into wrestling. And I, 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 I accidentally fell into it because of music failed, and I was going to go back to being a studio musician, but I wanted to be a rock star. And I saw Hulk Hogan and uh, Mr. T. And the following year, Daryl, uh, you know, you know, Hall and Oates, the band Hall. Yeah, you know, Hall and Oates. Daryl Hall, not him, John Oates. You don't see it with his haircut, but he's got two cauliflower ears. He's a wrestler. 158 pounds in high school and i was watching wrestlemania 2 with him and the guy eddie kendricks with the original singer from the temptations and they were doing some r&b stuff in the studio and i happened to be there in the evening time making sure everything went right because when my cousins went to bed it was my job to make sure Make shit happen. Don't wake me. You know, you're the one. You grew up around here. You're not 10 anymore. You've graduated from sweeping toilets. You know what to do. Uh, he was a famous man over there. He was very influential in Germany. And it was great because Jimmy didn't have to stay the first three months or the second three months. He can go in and out, in and out. But one year, it was at the end of 93 into 94, he said, the hell with Global. That's not the TV you want to be on anyway. He goes, let's go to Germany for six months. So we went to Germany for six months. This is right after he left ECW. You know, and uh, he did them a huge favor. He and made Tommy Dreamer. He gave him a splash and let Tommy Dreamer kick out of it twice. Wow. That's, and that's that, that was a, that's an, a major big deal absolutely and he did that for todd gordon and he did that for, you know but you know once once paul came in you know paul had some ideas and there was some miscommunication because we went down to visit them with a writer but he was also an entertainment attorney but the minute we showed up i don't know what happened till this day all i know is Jimmy introduced him as his lawyer. Well, they bugged out. They didn't know why a lawyer was there. He didn't even get the chance to tell them. He came there as a 
creative writer because that's what his you know his uh secondary degree was in and he wanted to write a book about jimmy and he wanted to write it around the independent scene now with ecw on the growth but with that never ever got to be said and there was this argument between all of them not me i went back in and i was like listen i don't know what the hell just happened but that wasn't my doing i'm just letting you know and paul was like yeah whatever but ever since then, Paul never liked me, and I never had nothing to do with anything. You know, but everybody got me somebody to blame. Sure, but she, sure, she, and Sheik was watching the match, and Sheiky baby goes, "I don't know, Metal Maniac, baby. A big man do best job for you. I never see him go off his feet, but for Hulk Hogan and Superfly." You better go in there and give him big hug, give him kiss, and tell him how much you love him. I said, I'm going, Sheiky, because you better get moving, motherfucker. Holy crap. I know you're a nice Italiano Jew from the country, the wrestling country of New Jersey, but you better go and thank him right now. So I go in and I find him and I give him a big hug. He goes, Jeff, that was so much fun. That was so much fun, you know, and then he's the he's the guy who got me a whole bunch of dark matches with WCW, but they never they their monies was just so stupidly low. It was just a ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, you, you talk about be on TV for free. It was, it, it was it wasn't that low, but it was low enough to say I'd rather work with Jimmy every weekend than to go up there. And they won't oh. let me use my face paint. They'll Why? let me use my name. This is the thing. When I got there, Sting was very cool with me, you know? And I was dressed like this. And I told Sting I could do it to like this. Well, Sting heard them tell me, wash it off. So I do. And then Sting comes in and says, hey, bro, I... That's fucked up. They should have let you wear that. I heard what they said. Sting's the man. I never told them. I said, I know you didn't tell them. You, this, this was right there. I mean, this happened. They didn't see me. I was hiding. So I know, you know, I know you didn't see me either. I saw you look at me. I know you didn't see me. So you couldn't have told. The timing wasn't right for it. But still, you know, they gave you 500 bucks a night. You know, and uh, you had to take care of your hotel and your ground trans and all that. But, you know, I, I, I had family down in Florida. They picked me up at the airport because that was at Lakeland, Florida, at the first uh, 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 Thunder taping was when I was doing. That was my January 12th, it's either 2nd or 12th of 1998, which mm -hmm. is when the first Thunders were at Lakeland. Uh, a Coliseum in, in, yeah. in, in, in Lakeland, Florida. So, you know, and this was and this was all in the first three years. I mean, brother, there was nobody. Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, Greg Valentine, Cheeto, uh, uh, Rick the Model, Martell, Tony Atlas, Hacksaw, um, like I said, S.D. Jones. I even worked uh, The Rock's dad. Uh, I've worked uh, Ivan Koloff. I'm one of the few good guys of my age bracket and age in the business that work with Sika. Wow. And I've worked with the 
I work with the great Samu and Rikishi or Samu and Fatu. Mm-hmm. I've worked with both of them guys. Um, I've worked with the Tonga Kid. Um, you know, uh, L.A. Smooth, one of the the other Samoan guys in there. You know, one of Alpha's sons. Uh, I, I almost worked with Alpha Junior, but I had a death in the family. And that but the guy still rid me. That the, his promo was so heavy that you know I got scared, didn't go. It was like, shut up! I, my uncle died. <laughs> I would have loved to have worked with him because he's so. I'm positive off of up in Amon Jordan, <clears throat> and. I guess the promoters think that you just say wrestling and people will show up. Plus, over there, you can't just go on TV and advertise. It's a military installation. It's not America where you can, you know, uh, people can say what they want on the news. If the president of uh, the king of Jordan doesn't want you advertising, no one will know about your shit. You know, so that's what happened because he wasn't greasing the right people because everything is all about, you know, giving the money, you know, the dole, you know, the dole, you know, doling, doling, doling. And uh, so we're supposed to get our money the first night we're there, half, and then the other half at the end. Well, one, two, three shows goes by and these houses are terrible. So the fourth night, Jimmy said, nobody get dressed. And you had the girls, you had the midgets, me, a bunch of guys. This other old-timer from England, Pat Barrett, was there. Um, uh, Mondo Guerrero, a bunch of, you know, you know, schooled guys, you know, uh, uh, a playboy Buddy Rose and uh, uh, Moose Moretti. Um, so we're over there. Uh, Malaya Hosaka was over there. Another girl, uh, I forget her name. She was over there. Uh, they wouldn't let the girls wrestle because of their clothing and because they don't do that. They don't want to see women do that. So they still got paid while they were supposed to be. So at the last night, we're not getting dressed. And the next thing you know, the one of the promoters comes in. He's like, hey, come on. Excuse me. I worked all night. And it's late by you, and I worked all night. Um, the uh, the guy goes, uh, it's it's eight o'clock. You know, the show starts in twenty minutes. Jimmy said, "Well, we're, we're still waiting to get paid." So he leaves the room, and some other bosses come in. Come on, you know, but but but. Hey, I'm still waiting to get paid. All of a sudden, a bunch of Hitler mustaches with AK-47s and military gear come walking in this room, and I think they're going to kill us all and i'm the only jew in the room holy shit well the guy you know how the arabs are with the feet and how you know if you want to disgrace somebody you step on them or you make them kiss your feet or or you want to praise them, you kiss their feet, or you put a picture on the floor, you step on it. That's a part of their culture. That's how they show you they don't like you, is they put your foot on you, you know? So <clears throat> that's why when Saddam went down, all the people were taking their shoes and hitting the statue. That's, that's, that's part of their culture. Well, this guy who's got guns and everything gets down on his 
hands and knees and starts kissing Jimmy's toes, saying, please, look, I don't want to shoot my own people. These are not Americans. They're going to riot if you don't wrestle. And he said, brother, don't kiss my feet. Stand up. The guy was so like, he doesn't want me to kiss his feet. He stood him up and he goes, no, bro. Listen, everybody thinks Americans are rich, but we're not. Okay. We're just like you in our own country. Yeah. Maybe if you transferred your money to ours, maybe, I don't know, but I can tell you right now, we're not like you think I'm telling you that guy and that guy told us to come here. We came all the way here. They were supposed to give us the money. Here's the paperwork. He looked at it. He took out his gun. He put it right in the guy's mouth. He said, you are going to pay these guys right here, right now. I'm going to shoot your friend. And this is in the Middle East. I mean, I'm having a heart attack. Sure enough, here come the $100 bills. And they paid the midgets. They paid the girls. They paid everybody. <laughs> and then before we went, I hear my music. And Jimmy made sure the promoter from America got paid, too. And this is smart, Jimmy. Before we went out, we both got paid, right? And Jimmy doesn't wear boots, so we had both of our pays in my boots because I had these tall, um, these tall motorcycle boots, like the Road Warriors, the tall ones. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the money inside both of my, my boots taped up. So as we're going, Jimmy said, hold up. And they come back, he says, hey, I made you sure you got your money. I want you to give him a thousand more and me a thousand more. Otherwise, we're going to the truck. Screw you. And they gave us another thousand each. So I shoved those in my boots. And then as we're going, Jimmy goes, 30 seconds. I'm like, 30 seconds? He goes, brah, got to get out of here. Got our money. Got to go out, do it, and go. I said, so we just go? He goes, you know what to do. Just go. You know what I mean when I say go? Okay. So as soon as we get out, I get out there, you shut up and this and that. Boo. Here comes Jimmy. He's it started to rain. And Jimmy's doing his like, Polynesian dance around the ring. And they're all going nuts. And it's in the rain. And the ring was so bad. I'm walking around the ring and I'm going like this, like Jimmy would. And I'd be like, man, there ain't no water in this fucking pool. He was he going to jump onto? I don't know what is because I don't know what he's going to do now. Maybe he's going to do a flying cross body because if Jimmy did a flying cross body, it was either because he didn't get his full thousand a night or it's because there was no water in the pool. The ring sucked. So I see him doing this with his feet and he goes, Ain't no water in this pool, which is where I got the expression from. And Chaco uh, just... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grab the headlock on him. Boo! Tackle, drop down, leapfrog, leapfrog, double chop, backbreaker, splash. And he hit me so hard. He gave him a big one. He put me outside, but he gave me 
such a big one, and it was such a bad ring. Jimmy hit me, bounced off of me, and crawled back onto me. You know, and then as far as Jimmy goes, look, you know, a lot of people say a lot of bad shit. Mm-hmm. And they can, they, can all, they can all say whatever they want. But I can tell you right now, I was with him for hundreds of days every year for at least 10 or 12 years. I had never seen him raise his voice. Now, if me and you spent that much time together, going to the gym together, going to the supermarket together, going to the diner together, going to wrestling shows together, and, you know, spent a lot of time together, you would think somebody would have got on somebody's nerves or somebody would have been mad at somebody else and they would have gotten hot. I was the only one that ever got upset about anything. He was like, Police brother, man, take it easy. It's no problem. Just go with the flow. You know? So when they were talking about him on that TV show, I was very hurt about that because I can only imagine. the way that I can only imagine, man. you know, I knew from the vice product that it's going to be slanted in a negative tone because that's how they get you to watch. And it was, but there was a lot of holes that were left. You know, there was a lot of holes that they didn't talk about. You know, um, Mr. Fuji did a video on uh, how the father was a bookmaker. And you know what a bookmaker is. And you know who they work for. And you know what that means. And was that followed up? I don't know. I think Tonga Kid, who I love very much, I think he's got the day wrong. Because they were a tag team. Then they weren't. And Jimmy wasn't happy about that. And I know Tonga wasn't on the road with Jimmy as often. So Tonga was either driving himself or was with the other Samoan guys. And Jimmy was with the girl. And every time I had ever been with Jimmy, ever, I mean, mind you, Fuji said that. I didn't. So if people don't like what I just said, Mr. Fuji said it on the Internet. They can go look and find it. He says it. I mean, but I, I, I never had that conversation with Jimmy because I never really ever knew about it. Till ways later, like in the early 2000s, and at that point, it didn't make any sense to me, and I never gave it another thought. Nobody sat down and said, oh, my God, guess what? It's everywhere all over the world. I never asked him. I never spoke to him about it. We never ever – there was no need to talk about it. No. He was teaching me. He was teaching me. I'm there yeah. to sit and listen. Wasn't, I wasn't there to talk like I am with you. I'm here to talk to you, let the people know. But wasn't I wasn't there to talk like I am with you. I'm here to talk to you, let the people know. But, you know, Jimmy was uh, a really nice guy. My mother was a Yankee fan. He was a Yankee fan. He was scouted as a Yankee. They, they wanted him when before he was Mr. Hawaii, before he was, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the Fiji Superman and all that stuff. Before he was any of that, you know, he was, you know, uh, James Smith, who played for the Hawaiian Islanders and was the first guy ever to hit the ball out of the Aloha Stadium, which is where they used to have the uh, the football thing, the uh, the pro ball. <coughs> and um, like I said, I'd never heard him raise his voice. Him and my mother, when there was a baseball game on, my mom would come over back to her house where she was staying at my aunt's big house. and we all would watch the games together and they knew all the names of the guys and 
he said, hey, you want to go to a game? I'll get Jeff to get us seats. I'm like, you will? <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, listen, brother, this is what I want you to do, man. And this next week, it's the big deal. I want you to call the Yankees and tell them I want three seats. So I called up the Yankees organization and told them my name was so-and-so, and I worked for Superfly Jimmy Snooker, and he wants three seats, and he wants to be at the first baseline, and this he wants one for me, one for uh, his lady friend, which is my mom, but she was in a wheelchair. You know, you know, we just said it like that so we could get it done. <clears throat> and sure enough, we pulled in. They took my mom in the wheelchair, brought her right to her seat. Me and him sat down, you know, and then the next thing you know, Jimmy's on the Titan Tron and the place explodes, you know, 60,000 people going, you know, crazy. And then that's when my mom knew how Jimmy, how famous Jimmy was. <laughs> but, but we never, um, like I said, I, I you know, I, I think Tonga Kid got the day wrong. And, and you know, you know the thing, the pissing on the side of the road? It's the funniest shit. Jimmy used to say, if you don't pull over, I'm going to piss in this bottle. And I would hate that. And there's stories about guys who would do that all the time, piss in the bottle, just throw it out so you didn't have to stop. And uh, I would hate that. But he would make me stop on the New Jersey Turnpike where there's state troopers. He would make me on the New York Thruway. There's state troopers. He would make me on the Blue Route in Pennsylvania, which goes from, let's say, Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. And you pull over and take a piss, and a co the cops are going to pull up. They just are. Uh, in Massachusetts, so, you know, many times, I don't, in all of those states, he has had me pulled over, and every single time, uh, <laughs> I am po I am positive there are state troopers in the United States who, if they were watching this right now, and heard me say it, they would say that was me. They would say, "Hey, sir, what are you doing over here?" And they'd say, "You're the Superfly," and then they'd shake his dirty piss hand. <laughs> That was part one. We have delved into the vault with myself and wrestling veteran, the metal maniac, Jeff Miller from 2020. This was a YouTube exclusive back in 2020, but I'm going to do it in two parts. I've selected some clips and we'll be back for part two with the metal maniac, Jeff Miller, very, very soon for episode 157 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. And we'll see you very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.